Welcome back, cowboys and cowgirls, to Ingles Ian, a CowboysWriteForFree.com podcast. And as always, your good friend of mine, the man, the myth, the prognosticator of Piedmont. Ian, how are you doing today, buddy? I like that one. That I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm getting a nice little Friday show. Uh, yes, uh, we are sorry for being late. Uh, it, no, but- I mean, that's on me. Uh, buddy and mom wanted to go to dinner. So that's that's what happened. Happened there. Hadn't seen him in a bit. So yeah, and I apologize uh, if today's show is a bit rough. Uh, my voice is going. I've uh, well, I'll be honest with everybody. I started therapy today, and that's always a hard thing. And so I'm a bit emotionally drained. And my voice is shot because I've been talking for two hours already. And yeah, but if that is. That's something um, you shouldn't have to like apologize for. So uh, hopefully if uh, you find yourself in need of uh, mental health counseling and help, uh, you should do it. I mean, everyone talks about how they know mental injury and they understand it's a real thing, but you can't see it. So most people don't really understand that it's a big deal and it is a big deal. So um, if you feel like you need to go get help, please do. So yeah, <laughs> let's talk about something more fun than than my mental health issues. Uh, I mean, look, that, uh, that's a good message though. Like, mental health is very important. So, and expect, and I'll say, I'll say this, especially for men, uh, we're taught, yeah. we've been taught, and not, and it's not necessarily bad, but we've been taught, hey, you, you, you got to be the backbone. You're the stalwart. You're the rock that your family is built upon and we have issues. Some of them are deep seated. Some of them in my case are very injury related. I've had um, a very traumatic brain injury uh, about five, six years ago and it's okay. It's, it sucks and it's hard and it's debilitating at times. Like it has been for me the last couple of months but I mean, if you're in that boat and you need someone to talk to, um, please reach out. You know my Twitter at Jake Bingles. Uh, find a find a professional because they're they'll be way better than me. But don't feel like you have to hide. Oh uh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, I-, I I've been going through not necessarily a brain injury, but just like several just kind of issues with uh with depression and all that so my dms are open too on my twitter it's uh you know mental health is is very important and um it's it's just sometimes you have to remind yourself that life is worth living yeah yeah it is because we only get one shot at it 100 percent so anyway, you have any big takeaways from the college football playoff rankings before we get into the Texas Tech game? Not really. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with OSU and Notre Dame if they both Ohio, went out. Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you mean, uh, uh, sorry, I thought you referred to Ohio State when you said OSU. No, 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 no. I'm saying OSU and Notre Dame because Notre Dame is eight. OSU is nine. And if they're both going to move up, like, is there an opportunity for OSU to jump Notre Dame? I think they should be. I, in my personal top 10, I have OSU ranked over Notre Dame. And at some point, I think that they will have to uh, move up over them. 
And then the Michigan, Michigan State thing, it's not going to matter after this week. Because uh, if Ohio State loses, Michigan State has to go up. No question about it. And if Michigan State loses, then that doesn't matter. Well, it's another team in front of us that loses. Um, I think the big thing that's going to hurt Notre Dame if, I mean, if the voters will allow it because they always overvalue Notre Dame, uh, is that they're not going to have that extra game. So assuming Oklahoma State wins out, they're going to have an extra game of play and Notre Dame won't. So I think that's going to be the big kicker there. I still think no matter what, the, the committee has their mindset. And I was going to bring this up later, but, you know, what did, what did the commissioner say exactly? Um, oh, I know. It. Basically, aside, putting, from the games. aside from the games, yeah. <laughs> and it, so at that point, I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're everything I felt about this committee is right. They don't care about the games. They just look at the stats. Like the committee should be professionals whose job is to watch games, not ADs and other things who've got to manage all sorts of stuff, have busy, you know, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week schedules. None of that. These should be professionals doing it. Yeah. I don't know if you put in like media members, if you, because it doesn't make any sense why an AD should be a part of the committee. Because just sets aside like a lot of biases you get media members former players maybe you get some stat nerds or something i don't know but i think that should be a rule that ad's are allowed former ad's sure but not current ones yeah because i mean i don't even want to know what it's like running the sports department for a major university because that's not just football right it's football Mm -hmm. basketball Baseball, softball, men's and women's track, volleyball, wrestling. You've got to hit, you basically have like 20 direct reports that are all really important to your brand. Right. And I just, I don't, what, what Bowlesby said, I was ready to throw something. I was like, are you kidding? Putting the game aside. The game is what matters. It's why we play it. You want to, you want to, do this on paper, go back to the old BCS system. At least then we know what the criteria is. Well, you want to talk about stuff Bob Bowlesby did. Let's just dive into the Texas Tech thing. Texas Tech's radio announcers were very critical of their of the officials, and they called them out by name. And because of that, Texas Tech's radio broadcasters are suspended for this OSU game. Which is stupid. Uh you're allowed to call people out and it's not like the crews aren't published, right? It'd be one thing if it was, if the crews were hooded and you didn't know who they were and it was supposed to be the super anonymous, you don't know who the referee is calling those plays. You see every referee on TV every weekend and it's published. Who's going to be the referees every weekend. If someone wanted to look it up, they could look it up. It is stupid that they got suspended. Well, I I don't really understand why they have this, like, so much protection. I guess the argument that you could make is that they are employed by the university, and the university has to uphold the standards of the Big 12 or whatever. But 
it, I just thought that whole situation was so bizarre. And there's like a whole six minute, like there's, I think there's like an eight minute video of them just ranting on and on about the officials. It's actually nuts. Well, here, here's been my thing with the official is they're still just like contractors, right? They make like two or $3,000 a game to ref a big 12 game. They should be employees. They should, they, they shouldn't be big 12 refs, ACC refs. They should be like NFL refs going, traveling, paid by the conferences. I mean, Lincoln Riley got offered almost a hundred million dollars by LSU. You can pay the refs to be better than that. But the thing is, is a lot of those refs, they're, they're refing, you know, junior varsity on Thursday, high school on Friday, big 12 on Saturday. That's a grueling schedule. There's no reason that should be. You should pay them a real salary. I mean, if you're making three grand a game in the big 12, that means you're making about 40 grand to ref a big 12 game which makes millions of dollars for everyone involved every Saturday. That's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, they need, they probably do need to get paid more, but then again, you're kind of looking at like, well, you made a really bad decision and all that. So and like refs hate them. So, or not refs, uh, fans hate them at the time. I mean, they were throwing stuff at them. They, they brought, they need, they need to be compensated quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's something we've lived through in our lifetime. The NFL officials did it like they eventually became full time employees of the NFL. There's no reason there is no reason that I mean, probably I'd have to look at it, but there's probably 100 people refing Big 12 games on average uh, every every week. There's no reason you can't pay them 100 grand a year. Yeah, I yeah. I, I 100% agree, but let's let's go ahead and dive into the game. Um, Texas Tech coming off a really nice win over Iowa State. I was not expecting that. Iowa State even came back and scored like 17 unanswered, something like that. Tied it up at 38 apiece, and then Tech kicked like the final field goal from 62 yards. Yeah, that was a cr- – I was watching it what happened. That was – I mean, that's – I, that that kid's going to the NFL. If he's got a leg that can do 62 yards. And it wasn't like a tight 62 either. That was a solid 62. You know, yeah, he wasn't I mean, bouncing was, it off the, the upright, you know? Yeah, it was. It's, I mean, uh, it squeaked on through. He's two for two from field goals. I, 62 yards in college is like unheard of. I don't even know. Like 62 in an NFL game is impressive. 60 62 in college feels like a mile almost and this guy he's 12 for 12 on field goals 100 on his field goals has only missed one extra point all year and the kid's good jonathan uh garabe senior from california he's up for the lou Grazzo award he's one of the semifinalists, and uh that'll get announced on uh tuesday who the uh Final of star. It's going to be him, and then the the guy out of San Diego State who's been nothing but impressive. So here's your stat: there have been five 62 yard field goals in the history of the NFL. Five. That's how long that kick was. Dang, and it's like the longest 
field goal in FBS history. That's like game winning. Like it's that's wild how amazing mm. that is. So I've I've got feelings about this game. Uh, it's got trap written all over it. Uh, coming out of the blackout, Barry Sanders, everything great win. OU coming up, go to the road to Lubbock in a night game. Like that's that is the definition of a trap game if there ever was one. I think it would be a trap game if they hadn't beat Iowa State. Now they're prepared, right? So I I feel like the trappiness of this game has kind of lost a little bit of substance. Right. If they had lost, then I'd probably I'd probably be there with you, but because they because they didn't, I'm not so sure. Well, and the other thing is, is they can preach the, if we win, if we win tonight, we can lock ourselves up a, a trip to the Big 12 title game. Because it's not, it's actually a pretty possible scenario that Bedlam is meaningless for the most part. I mean, because Gun, Gundy always says our goal is to win the Big 12 championship. And after that, everything else is is secondary. And they can lock that up easy. Uh, I think if OU and OSU wins, I think it's a lock that they're going to meet in the Big 12 championship game. Well, it it really depends on uh, the Baylor-Kansas State game. That that will determine everything because OU needs for Baylor to lose and for themselves to win. Okay. If Baylor wins, then it's going to come down to Bedlam to see who it's going who OSU would face. If OSU wins, granted, um, then I if oh. If OSU loses and everyone's at two losses, then it could get a little, uh, little bizarre. But so, we'll do you, should I get my crazy hope train thought that I've been thinking for the last two days out of my head now, or save it? Do it now, so we could just get it out of the way. I'm scared if, for what you're going to say. If and I mean, if is the biggest word in sports. If by Sunday morning. Oklahoma State is secured a spot in the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State will win Bedlam by 20 points. I'm going to hang up this Zoom call. Oh my gosh. Don't even don't no. You know how the history goes with this game. I, I know. I you know. You know how this works. But, but there's think no it, no. There think no. about think about this defense with no pressure when they can literally fly around with no pressure on them playing their freest best ball ever because there is no pressure they may not take the game seriously either you know they, they will you twice. there's too many super seniors too many big old guys who want who have never beat OU I'm telling you no <laughs> no it's a big if it's a no. big if no don't I need no. I I I'm livid. I I can't believe you have spoke that into existence. <clears throat> I I'm sorry. I'm sorry for yelling, but that is. I don't even want to like even think about that because you know if they go to game day, you know what the record is, right? For OSU, I, I, I know, day. I know all of it. I One know all eight. of it. You know what it is in Bedlam when it's game day? Like 0-7. Still. 
No, there is no. I, I'm telling you, man. I am telling you. If this, this, if this defense can play truly free against Caleb Williams, who has proven to have issues, and there's all sorts, there is all sorts of stuff going on with Lincoln Riley. Like maybe Lincoln and Williams. Hey, the reports are true, right? I mean, he's getting offered almost a hundred million dollars by LSU. And Caleb, and you know what? With the transfer portal, Caleb could follow him with no penalty. They could have two feet out the door. And like, I, I really think that if if it is sewn up that we will be in the Big Twelve Championship game, we win Bedlam by twenty. If we don't, we could lose by twenty. It. And if we and if they do, you know what's going to happen on Monday. I'm going to rip you a new one. Like that is, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think it would have been one thing to say if they were to have won. If they were to have won, I may have been like, ah, uh, I mean maybe. But the fact that you said by twenty, oh man, I I can't. We they got to take care of business at Tech. That's what I'm saying. Jonathan. That's what I'm saying. Assuming we take care of business tech, which is no small feat at night in Lubbock. I'm just saying, well, looking just a little bit ahead because I can yeah. do that as a broadcaster. Yeah. Now I gave you the stat about uh, on yeah yeah, and you brought up like tech is not as scary as we think it is, but in my mind, it'll always be scary. <laughs> it'll always be scary because they beat that number one team in Texas in 2008. With the Crabtree, amazing play. That's one of my favorite plays of all time. But yeah. last, they've lost their last eight conference night game games that have started at six p.m. or later. Well, and also, like when I really started watching the Big Twelve was in the Mike Leach era, and Tech during Leach was vicious. They were so much fun, especially at night. You know, those kids were liquored up, and <laughs> it was just nutty. Since Three. since 2010, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I guess that would be since Mike Leach left. Maybe they are three and fifteen in conference night games. Yeah, and I, I think that's what a lot of it is. Is I I just remember when going into Lubbock was always hard because I mean I remember those early shootouts when it was like. 50 to 55 and it was whoever had the ball last one it was almost like basketball on turf kind of games shoot they might be in for that sort of game tomorrow i'm not i am not sure what to make of this texas tech team because they are a team who before yesterday or last week had lost man like four games in a row Maybe, and I still had them like losing out. Well, but I mean, they're six and four. They're gonna make a bowl game for the first time since 2017. But they bring in a guy at quarterback, Donovan Smith, also in his second career start. Right, which is something like we talked about uh, on Monday. Is that's just a recipe for disaster for that quarterback? We have been chewing them up, and schematically, I don't see what they're going to do to confuse our defense. So like Donovan Smith, his last game, 25 for 32, uh, 322 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. Really good. 
but we were also saying that about the TCU QB and it didn't do go so well against our defense. And you know, that defense is just going to soak up all the hate and use it. Like I, I am scared for that quarterback attack. Cause I think we're going to be living that backfield all night long. And I, I, I think that's, what's going to happen again. They don't have that. Well, they got, they got Sherrodrick uh, Thompson, who's really good. They got – and Donovan Smith is mobile, uh, 14 carries for 50 yards. They got Taj Brooks. So this is probably more of a balanced uh, attack with Smith and at, uh, at QB. Against Iowa State, which is, again, his only start, 322 yards in the air, 207 on the ground. So, so and then the one guy they got to watch out for is Miles Price. At receiver, oh, and Erica Zukuma. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the run game, because we've been shutting down the run game, is going to be an issue. They're going to beat us over here. Uh, there, there are two stats that really jumped out at me looking at this. Uh, granted, these 11 INTs were mostly with a different quarterback, but they've had 11 interceptions and six fumbles this season already. That's a lot of turnovers. Second, on both sides of the ball, they have 113 penalties for 954 yards. They are penalty happy. Surprisingly, they held um, they held Iowa State to 89 yards rushing, but 456 yards passing. So they might – I don't know. They, Oklahoma State might need to ride uh, – Write it with the air. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that I, that is that is an interesting thing. So three games, actually, the last three games, they give up less than 100 yards in the ground, but they're giving up over 300 in the air for all of those. However, there's been three games where they have given up over at or over 300 yards on the ground. So, and these are the two big ones. Uh, to Texas, they gave up 336 yards. OSU gave up 138 to Texas. To uh, TCU, 394 yards on the ground. OSU, 108 yards ground against TCU. So, I don't, their defense can be had. And as long as Spencer isn't making mistakes, I think it will be had. I think that is that's very possible, for sure. Um, and I don't know we'll see. I don't know if this game is going to be a shootout like uh, the past couple years. Because uh, let me just read you through the score since the rivalry was resumed in 1996. Actually, I'll take it back. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Gundy era, 2005. You ready? Yeah. 24-7 Oklahoma State, 30-24 Texas Tech, 49-45 Oklahoma State. This is in 2007, 2008, 56-20, 2009, 24-17, 2010, 34-17, 66-6, 2011, 59-21 Seventy to fifty-three, Oklahoma State. Forty-five to forty-four, Oklahoma State. Forty-one to thirty-four, Oklahoma State. Forty-one to seventeen, Texas Tech. Forty-five, thirty-five, Texas Tech. 
and 50 to 44 Oklahoma State. Surprisingly, Oklahoma State has had a streak from, I want to say, 2009 to 2017, where they've won nine straight against Tech. But Texas Tech leads the series 23, 22, and 3. Now, could we see, or do you think we're going to see a blowout, or do you think we're going to see another close, uh, close game, close shootout game? So here's what I here's what I see. I I think we're going to have a bit of an emotional letdown, blackout, everything, statue, sit, bury, all of it. Right? That's hard. As a grown man, that would be hard not to have emotional letdown from. And these are kids playing college mm-hmm. football right mm-hmm. so i kind of expect texas tech to get off to a fast ish start uh, maybe the defense gives up 10 points in the first quarter but i think once everyone settles down by the end of the third quarter the game will be over because this defense and, and I have it in my game day notes. I take them every day on my phone. And I like every time the defense, like, I'm like, oh, defense looks a little shaky. Oh, maybe not. You know, maybe they're like a little bit of a letdown. And within three series, they are back to the dominant lockdown, arguably the best defense, the entire country defense. And I think that. The offensive line is playing amazing. You don't, I don't care who you are. You don't put up 450 yards on a team like Texas Tech, even with their bad rush defense, unless your offensive line is playing amazing. So I think we're going to get steady dose of Warren. If Sanders can play like he's been playing, not throwing the ball into bad situations, taking what's there, and, you know, Texas or yeah, Texas Tech, they they give up a lot of yards in the air. The, I think the middle of the field is going to be wide open. And if they pull the safety over the top to protect against the run, Tay's going to be open on the outside. So I think this, this might be uh, Spencer's best game ever. Like, I really think that could be a possibility. That's interesting. Because they're balanced enough. Spencer can do enough. With his arm, you know, 250, 300 yards, he can do enough that you got to respect it. So the safeties and middle linebackers can't flare out because you still got to respect the run game. So they got to play sort of a neutral position on defense. And if they overload the box to kill Warren, Presley is going to be wide open across the seam all night for like, you know, a seven yard completion with 12 yards after the catch kind of thing. I kind of dig that. And again, yards allowed for Texas Tech, 406.9. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they give up a lot of yards. And again, Oklahoma State, they have won eight straight against the spread. And they're favored by 10 points right now. That's a good score, I think. That's I a do, good spread. Yeah. And I think on tally, I this is the first time I have uh... – predicted Oklahoma State to cover, which is probably mm. a bad sign. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think my my honest prediction is that I think it'll be close in the first quarter, and it'll be 
it'll be at halftime. It'll be a score where everybody is uneasy. It'll be like like 17 to, to 14. And then Oklahoma State kind of finishes it off in the fourth quarter and they win by, I'm going to say they win by 11. I'm going to go 20. Nah, I will say 35 to 24. And so we were talking about like what their defense gives up in the air. So mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. In the last three games, they've held their opponents, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State, to under 100 yards rushing. But in those other games, they allowed uh, 300 yards passing, 469, and 356. I don't. I know we don't have the aerial attack we used to, but they're allowing one about seven other games. They've allowed 70 percent plus completion percentages, and that, like I've always said. Spencer can get to 65 were lethal. If he can get to 70, it'll be a blowout. Imagine, dude. Like, I there this game can go so many ways just because of like Texas Tech being like a Pac-12 team and just being chaos. So this game could go, this game could go so many ways. They could beat Oklahoma State. They could get shut out by Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State could get shut out, I guess. I don't know. But this this game just reeks of chaos, and because of that, it makes me want to bet the over, uh, which is currently at 56.5. I, I just – it's an over game. It's a classic over game. I I, I took the over as well. Uh, so I'll get into it. My offensive player of the game is going to be Tay Martin. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have three TDs. For about 150 yards. Oh, yeah. I think he's he's had a n- not his normal kind of game the last couple of games. Granted, they've been blowouts, not, but still, I think he's going to really explode, and I think he's going to be open on the outside because with our rushing attack, they're going to have to play the safety, right, you know, up the middle, basically, which is going to leave a lot of one on ones. And him and Spencer have been feeling that fade. I could see three or four, five, six deep fades to him. And he comes down with three of them each for about 40 yards kind of thing. Um, For my offensive player of the game, which I liked him, Mark. I'm going to go Sanders because he's going to need to be the guy that makes the throws. And he's going to be – he's probably going to need to spread it out a little bit, share the wealth, give some to Presley, give some to – you know, uh, the Green Twins, Blaine and Bryson, uh, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm going to go with Sanders for the offensive player of the game. For me, for the defense, uh, I'm going with Harville Peel. Uh, I honestly think uh, that the defensive line is going to be pressuring this young quarterback all night long, just like we did against TCU. And I think he's going to force some really bad throws. So I'm, I'm saying two interceptions for Harville Peel with one that's a pick six. Okay. I am going to say, I was going to say Harvell Peel. I'm going to be, be a little different. I'm going to say Jason Taylor, because whenever you need a big play, he is going to be there. And if I think if anyone is going to get a pick six, it's going to be big play Jay son Taylor. So speaking of defense, you want to get into some of the conference stats for Oklahoma state's defense. Got to be a lot of number ones. I'm, I'm guessing go for it. Scoring number one. Yep. Only team holding 
uh, opposition under 20 points per game. Next closest is a Baylor 21. We're holding him at 15 points a game. Uh, rushing yards, 89 yards a game. Next closest Baylor at 130. Passing yards a game, 174. Iowa State's the next closest at 260. Sacks, which they're leading the nation in at 37. Uh, the only, I mean, but in conference, it's 26. Next closest Baylor at 17. Uh, first down conversion rate, 12.6. Uh, third down conversion rate, number one, 30%, um, or 19.1%. Next closest Baylor, 32%. And fourth down, number one, 37%. Next closest Iowa State. These guys are locked down. And I don't know. I, these guys have been through a lot. I mean, there, there's some guys, six-year guys, right? They've been around since 2015. They've never, this is the closest they've been. And this might be their last real shot. I mean, I think some of these super seniors who stuck around will have a shot to go into the NFL. But I think a lot of them know this is their last shot at real competitive football. And I think they're just going to continue to dominate people, especially, especially. If the if the offense puts up points, if it's fourteen to ten, somewhere in the second middle of the second quarter, that game's over. The defense will lock it down. Period. Yeah, I think it's it's going to get to a point. I mean, this defense is it is as impressive as Georgia's. I think just with the again the sacks number, I was really surprised by that thirty seven sacks. I almost went with Tyler Lacey as my player to watch just because he's him, Brock Martin, that whole defensive line has been phenomenal the past couple of days or the past couple of weeks. I think they had seven sacks against The thing we've talked about is it's not one guy. It's It's all of them. Yes. So that that makes the offensive line have to be true. It's It's in Jim Knowles we trust at this point is he has been He's been phenomenal. The way he has grown the defense, it has been awesome. So, so do you think Jim Knowles will be the first million dollar a year coordinator at Oklahoma State? Man, he might be. If if not, he's he's gonna get close. Nine hundred and ninety nine k. Who knows? But I mean, Gundy said on an interview with Joel Klatt that he looks forward to extending him in the off season. So it sounds like a deal is in place to keep him in Stillwater for a couple of years. I mean, you gotta, you have with, to. with the money being thrown around though, it worries me. I mean, if they, I mean, it looks like that report about LSU and Riley, he may not take it, but if they're willing to throw $12 million a year at a head coach, what are they willing to throw at? Is this 3 million, uh, 4 I million? Know. I don't know. Could be a lot. Could be a little. Now I have a question for you. Ready for this? I I think the most important game in this Big 12 slate this week, I think it's Baylor and Kansas State. Do you agree or disagree with that? Why do you think it's important? Because if Baylor wins and we beat OU, it's Baylor-Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game? Is that why it's important? Well, if Baylor loses and Oklahoma wins, they clinch a spot in the Big 12 championship as well they need the win and the baylor loss oklahoma state just needs to win in their end 
Baylor, if they win out and Oklahoma State beats OU, it's Oklahoma State Baylor. If Baylor loses at any point, I think it would then, well, I guess if OU would also lose. Well, no, because if Baylor lost, that'd be three. And OU, if they beat Iowa State, they have two. I, I think that game is going to be important because it's going to keep OU alive if they lose to Iowa State. This is one of those things where I'm really conflicted about that OU game. I love seeing OU lose. I, I think I said in my first podcast, I like seeing OU lose more than I like seeing Oklahoma State win. Mm. But it's better for Oklahoma State in terms of ranking and saying we beat whoever if Bay- if OU doesn't lose before Bethlehem because it'll st- – They'll be, they'll be, they'll jump right back up, be right round 10, 11, 12. Um, and it's all, it's really important for Baylor to win too. I mean, to say we have multiple wins over top 10, 15 programs, it's important. And, you know, like, like I said last time, like it is, you know, this, this team is too old to get tripped up, I think. Yeah. But it's also you. It's also you. But I also, I don't know. Just listen to Gundy. Something's different. I think he's got, I don't know. There's something I, different. I mean, it, it feels, it feels like 2011. I mean, I know, I know. And I know grandpa shaking his head. I brought it up, but it, it's got that feeling of we're going to win. Like there was no doubt, even <laughs> though OU was really good that year. There was no doubt we were winning that game. It, I don't have no doubt, but it feels it that. feels like that. Don't do that. Uh, I want I want to believe. I just not yet. I'll believe it when it's over. <laughs> um, well, I mean, but the, but the other the other interesting thing is going to be how does everybody handle stuff if it is the first of two in eight days? Like I, if it's two I, bedlams in eight days, like how does that? Because do you want to show? Because generally during Bedlam, it's all the, you pull out all the stops, right? Because you're not going to face them in the title game, uh, and a lot of times winning Bedlam puts you in the title game. So, you know, you open up the playbook to everything. So if you know if you know for a fact, no matter what happens, you're playing them twice in two games. How do you play it? I mean, Knowles is going to do what Knowles does. It's going to be blitz water. All day, every day, because that's who he is. I don't know about the offense. Man, I don't know. I think if you're an OSU fan, you'd rather just play them once and get it done with. Oh, I would definitely just play them once. But I I think there's a really that's good why that chance. Game is so important. Yeah. Um man, I I don't know. I think I think playing them twice. I think that confirms that OSU would lose one, at least once. Because I think at some point, sooner voodoo happens, they get the better hand, yada, yada. You play them once, then I think all bets are off. I I think a lot of it, especially now, is going to come down to what happens with Riley. If he announces he's leaving, I think a lot of those players will quit on him. They're not going to finish one for the Gipper even though they're going to the SEC and he's just taking a, another job in the SEC. Like, I don't think 
I don't think Lincoln Riley leaves. It's a I lot don't think of, so. It's a lot of money. Oh, I think OU could pay them about the same amount. I well, mean, the, the thing, though, is OU has already said they can match it, but they won't. I because I here's the I think that LSU, I think they're almost bluffing. I think OU is bluffing. I know they'll match it. I just don't. I don't know how serious they're taking the LSU stuff. Well, you got to remember. I don't who, know. I'm not remember who the AD is at LSU. Do what? Got to remember who the AD is at LSU. He's the guy Same who guy was at A and M who brought in Jimbo. Like wherever he is, he goes big game hunting and throws around a lot of money. I and, I just do not think I'd be I'd be willing to make a bet on it that I don't I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to LSU. I don't think so. Well, we'll see. I'm just saying if it comes out that he's gone, it could be a completely different story. Well, if that happens, he won't do that until uh, before the bowl game. He's not going to do it in the middle of the season unless it leaks out. And LSU would be the one to leak it out. Riley would keep it under wraps. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So here, here, when did – this is something I've been wondering about, and you may know this. Uh, when did Riley become the head coach? Right after Bob Stoops in 2016. So pretty much as a head coach, he's never had to develop a quarterback. He hasn't. And so that that's one of those curious things about like uh like maybe Spencer or Spencer Rattler's like decline. At maybe he doesn't right. know how to develop a quarterback. He's always had these big transfers. Kyler Murray, Baker was, you know, Baker, uh Jalen Hurts, all of it. Like they've had all these transfers in a row and then Rattler was a big thing his first year. Now he sucks. So sucks. Air quote sucks. <laughs> so I, I just, I kind of wonder if he's going to like, it feels like he may not be as good as people think he is. Not going to say anything until after Bedlam. <laughs> I look at his coaching, his coaching record, 54 and nine. 54 and nine. Well, yeah, but. Let's see. I, you said he took over in 2017? Yes. This is his first year with all his own guys, assuming everyone's there for four years. And they're still they're still nine and one. Yeah, but they're they're an iffy nine. They are, but they're still nine and one. And it's a young team. It's a younger team. They have a true freshman quarterback now. Who's to say that he doesn't develop and then dominates the Big 12? Next year. Well, if he, like we said earlier, if he goes to LSU, you know, uh, Williams is going to LSU. <laughs> he may not. He may not. Who knows? I, for anything, I, Rattler might go to LSU with him. Cause I think Caleb Williams is a made man at OU. Like you're already the starter there. There's no need for you to go to LSU. So is, so is Rattler. Rattler, he's a backup. He can go. He was. Like, yeah, I'm done. But you know, if he goes into L- I mean, LSU, Caleb Williams would be the presumptive starter. He's the presumptive starter at OU. Like, I don't under, like, there's not a need for you, for Caleb Williams to go to LSU unless he's really infatuated with Lincoln Riley. He's already made his commitment to OU. And I know he could transfer, but there's, I don't, it's a, I think it's a lateral move for Caleb Williams. Who's to say? (laughs) 
Who is to say? So any other uh, games on your radar this weekend? Um, Oregon, Utah. That's important. I'm not as high on Alabama, Arkansas, and Ohio State, Michigan State, just because I don't think those games are going to be as good. They're probably going to be two possession games, maybe three possession games. Um, I think Ohio State and Alabama are going to kind of cruise easily. Um, Clemson, Wake Forest, I think that's a game that could shake up the ACC because the ACC is having a down year. Clemson could redeem themselves. We'll see. But, um, yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, I feel like this is going to be just like – I know we're expecting upsets. Well, the, the but... other thing is like the SEC – like they play the their FCS games this week, mm-hmm. which is yeah. dumb. That shouldn't be allowed. Like you're gonna play, you play them in September. Georgia is playing Charleston Southern. Woof. You know, AM's or somebody's playing Prairie View AM. I think it's AM. I think it is AM. You shouldn't be playing those games. So it's kind of a down week, but I don't know. I I think Arkansas, it's either going to be really tight or they're going to lose by 20. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. I agree. It'd be cool if Arkansas could pull up the upset, though. The full arc. How good would that be? Oh, man. That would save. Or Arkansas would just be just the heroes again. They'd be America's team. <laughs> like, you beat Alabama. We thank you for that. All righty, cowboys and cowgirls, we're going to say uh, good night for now, and we will see you on Monday, hopefully after a Pokes win. Or no, I'm sorry, it'll be Tuesday because of the holiday and everything yep. else. So we will see you next time. Um, have a great weekend and go Pokes.